0: Welcome to Lovecraft Singles, the spin spinoff podcast for all things weird fiction directly or indirectly linked to a man who maybe at one time was connected to this show, Howard Phillips Lovecraft. I am joined, as always, by this woman whose name cannot contain her, Mary, Mary Johnston. John. We have the big plates out and we have the nice silverware because today we have a guest, multi-instrumentalist, discoverer, and our producer, Andrew Crawford with us in the studio.
1: Also, I'd like to say my co-host on um, our other show, Categorical Oracle, and also the Outrageous outrageous Mechanisms founder. Yes,
2: yeah, to break out the good shit. This is, you know, yeah. I'm a pretty big deal. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just fine. Uh, I'm just a guy. I would talk over
0: all of you, Mary, and one-up <laughs> you. I say he is also my brother-in-law. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Chew I on have, that. I have nothing that. to one-up <laughs> you on. I, I am the
2: uncle to your children. Um... <laughs> Yeah, boom. Big fan of that. The great kids.
1: The master of his oatmeal.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm (laughs) really good at making oatmeal. That's true. And And also, you own the oatmeal. And frankly, I'm really glad to to be in a position where I can finally let the world know that. This seems like the most appropriate form to really brag about my... Here's the secret. Toast the oats before you put the milk in. Duh. Also salt. Yeah, salt. And stovetop only. Jesus. Yeah. No one thinks you're making good oatmeal in a microwave. No, you never know. Aren't
0: you giving away, like, oatmeal family trade secrets
2: now i mean you know I'm, I'm 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 about being open i have no i have no patent on toasting oats <laughs> open source oatmeal yeah <laughs> toasted oats
0: yeah you, all right where you come down are these whole oats are these steel cut oats are these the
2: quick oats never quick uh i would probably try it with steel but right now i'm supposed to stick to whole Okay. This is not an Oatmeal podcast. But but hey, I, I think it been? just became an Oatmeal podcast. <laughs> As the founder of the network, I agree.
1: <laughs> this is a this is a spook, spooky TV shows on HBO podcast. <laughs> and therefore, we need to talk about the latest episode of Lovecraft Country.
3: Boom. Yeah. Which
1: episode Andrew watches seven. every week with me, I do, yeah. but has not felt compelled to come on the show until just I, now.
2: Point of order, I haven't been asked.
1: Yeah, well, like I this, asked you this oh. time.
2: Yeah, so there we
0: go. Hmm, there you go. Uh, this is finally, monocle pop-off. Does your monocle pop-off in fear at least
2: once per episode? I mean, well, yeah. I, I honestly wish it was a little scarier. It does, but keep in mind, I wear two monocles. Um... So, just in case. So
1: you've never had the double monocle pop? No. That B-
2: would be
0: Bionicles? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 just it's a convenient redundancy. That's my that's my, my whole deal <laughs> being conveniently redundant. Okay. Make of that what you will.
1: Uh all right. What genre pastiche were we looking at this week, folks? We start off as we always do. Hmm.
2: Um well I have a thought as guest.
1: Guess first, yes. Uh, this
2: is, I believe, a, this is attempting to, not so much pastiche, but this is a series of references to a science fiction subgenre known as Afrofuturism.
3: What?
2: Uh, I know.
1: Tell us what more.
2: <laughs> uh, well, in a nutshell, Afrofuturism is, is a subgenre of science fiction, which, which postulates sort of grand futures for uh, particularly those of African descent and those who, uh, whose ancestors were uh, part of the African diaspora. Uh, conveniently, uh, I'm one of them as a as a biracial person. So, um, this is a genre, a subgenre that I particularly uh, enjoy, which is why I am here today. That's right. So,
1: um, yeah, I think most traditionally, because it is expanded out, it also can be a philosophy. It doesn't have to just be a genre mm-hmm. and also a music genre. Indeed. Um, um, and uh, the most like clinical. Bloodless definition of it is the intersection of the African diaspora culture with technology, which feels like incredibly basic
2: to me. It also does imply that African uh, those of the African diaspora did not have access to technology, which is untrue.
1: <laughs> yeah, or or it would just be about like people in Africa using cell phones, being yeah. like, what up? Um, Octavia Butler is probably the most well-known Afrofuturism author, I would think. Um, but right, right there with her, and actually, I kind of prefer generally is Samuel R. Delany. Yeah, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful books. Um, then in music, I think is actually the place where most people would be aware aver- aware of it. Right. For example, uh, Parliament Funkadelic, of course. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Oh, Afrofuturism, Sun <laughs> Ra.
2: You cannot forget African Bombata, yeah. of course.
1: Yep, I did not yeah. have that on my list, so that's a, but yeah. that's an excellent call out. Excellent call out. They'll
0: thirty thirty. thirty thirty. Yeah.
1: Yep, and then uh, probably the most well known because of the smash hit movie, uh, Marvel Comics superhero Black mm. Panther. Mm, indeed. Typically, typically has Afrofuturism themes in them, if not be straight up send up to
0: Afrofuturism. Indeed. Um,
2: yeah.
1: So how Lovecraftian is it? It's not,
0: I would say. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> I mean, not
2: I, even a little bit. I think <laughs> we can really like make some comparisons to H. P. Lovecraft's notorious uh, Afrofuturist uh, <laughs> works. Which wow, <laughs> wouldn't those be just a treat? Those would just be colonial, yeah, colonialist oh, yes. futurist <laughs> works. Yeah. Or a Belgian I mean, it's, Afrofuturist. It's, it's work. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing where like, I mean, this this, this is horrible, but Lovecraft Afrofuturism is africa is wonderful and uh you know it enjoys a high standard of living also it's all entirely white people like that that's that is the mm. african future that he envisioned yeah. yes
1: yes that is exactly what he would envision um uh, yeah no it's not it's not like lovecraftian at all but that makes sense because it shouldn't be
0: really yeah, indeed right yeah yeah we're we're we're, we're in a different we're playing in a different pool here
1: yeah i am gonna go i'm gonna make a wager Right now, because we've seen, so this is the seventh episode. I've seen the trailer for the for the eighth episode. That means there's only two more episodes to go, which makes us a very safe wager. I don't think we're going to get back to Lovecrafty and stuff until episode ten.
2: And boy, howdy, I bet we're going to go all the way in. I think we're going to see.
1: That. I think we're going to see the big man himself. <laughs>
2: Yeah. hp I, I mean... v no,
0: uh... <laughs> no 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 um... H- hp cthulhu
1: himself hp vakulu himself um no i think we're gonna see cthulhu in the final that would be that would be my guess the
0: the only thing I would say is unless they decide that the last two episodes are a super two-parter
2: episode. In which case, mm. That's episode.
1: true. Although, I'm trying to think back. Like, sometimes HBO does that, but a lot of times they don't.
2: Um, what if, fair, what, fair. What if they do some nurch and like, actually, we're going to show you Cthulhu, but here's the king in yellow. Ooh la la. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're
1: like, we had a lot of leftover stuff from True Detective. Yeah, we
2: didn't use... Any of this HP Lovecraft stuff? So, I mean, we got the Shoggoth, but I don't know.
0: I
1: don't know.
2: Yeah, they,
0: they they use the character. They use things like the King of Yellow that are not strictly speaking HP Lovecraft Lovecraft yeah, characters. Lovecraft they they deep into the derelict kind of, Yeah,
1: either that or they're just they're just doing an homage to every game of Arkham Horror I've ever played, where mm-hmm. you spend the entire game. Getting your ass kicked by cultists and like other weird and ghouls, like other weird people. (laughs) And you're like, I don't know, can I fight like a monster?
2: Also, then you sell their corpses.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Then you drag them down to the docks and you're like, want to buy some weird people?
2: Well, wait, how else are you going to buy
1: dynamite? (laughs) And you know, gonna buy Dynamite. well and that's one of those yeah i mean it's means to an end but that is a funny <laughs> idea because like you're like you're, you're like a respectable citizen right yeah. dragging all these weird people down and you're like you're probably like trying to make conversation with whoever whatever shady figure you're selling this to and you're like i mean i'm not a weirdo and they're like well
0: no, no you're, you're standing you on are. the pier next to a next to a man dressed like a longshoreman and you're both like looking at the horizon and you're like you know not making eye contact speaking obliquely to one another like hey you want to see a dead body <laughs> that's if <laughs> that's,
1: that's if uh um Stephen King decided he was going to write <laughs> H P Lovecraft uh setups. i'm imagining it's more like when you take something into a beacon's closet and they're just like digging through and they're like i don't know i mean like maybe we can take this one cultist cuz he has kind <laughs> of a weird shriveled arm but otherwise you're going to have to take all this stuff back he's kind with of
2: bespoke. You. we can embrace yeah. this it's a very is there, interesting is there a little blonde looking. boy there who's like
0: yes queen yes queen
1: <laughs> yes we've now fallen into some sort of weird weird mashup of broad city and arkham horror yeah
0: that that, yeah. that episode where she accidentally does the drugs and the bingo bronson that's kind of lovecraftian
1: it is kind of lovecraftian <laughs> what did lovecraft think of manuka honey
0: <laughs> he probably was all all for it
2: Probably I mean, was. It's, it's... New
1: Englander, he's probably, like, putting it on a bunch of dry bread products. I
2: mean, it's something that is explicitly for white people, so, I mean, yeah, that's... that's...
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I... Are you sure about that? <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure, but it's... It
1: <laughs> seems right.
2: I, I don't I don't really know much about Manuka honey, I'm sorry to say.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to say I don't know that much about Manuka yeah, not, honey? Yeah, I'm not an expert. Um, for sure. Hmm. All right, so next up, we are going to actually talk about what happens in this episode.
2: We,
0: we have some mythology housekeeping here. Hmm. Um... Uh, it's kind of going down the list, right? Letty, is she maybe pregnant? You guys, do you think she might be pregnant? Is there a baby in her belly? I, 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 re- I don't know. I really hope in the next
1: episode it's just Letty being like, "I got my period, so everything sounds cool." <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like that was totally a red herring, um, a red herring, to but be, not as red as the herring come out of my vagina. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: To, far- y- 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 <laughs> to be fair, they did that in um, in Veep.
1: They did. You're right. Hmm. Um, They're not going to do that here. No, No, they won't do that. No, no, no. no, Absolutely not. Um, That plot was okay. I mean, I'm not here for Letty, like, carrying, you know, the Grand High Wizard Antichrist, which I think is what she's going to have. I think we're going to get, like, some shades of Rosemary's baby in the next episode. But, or at the very least, uh, Christina is going to be, like... Licking her lips, mm-hmm. waiting to get her mitts on that baby for I, evil, I, nefarious purposes. What's got
2: that sweet
0: point of blood? order? Point of order: Christina will not be licking her lips because that involves emoting outside <laughs> of a range that oh Christine my God. Has been allowed to emote.
1: Yep. Um. Yeah. So Letty is pregnant. What else is important to the mythology?
0: Oh, um, we see Ruby and uh, Christina kind of have their um have some sort of reckoning. Um, we see that not that uh, we get William... any
1: like Ruby says yeah. to Christina tell me absolutely everything in grand detail. And Christina's like, okay. And then it's there's the book of cut. names,
0: the book of names and your family.
1: Ugh, I do not no, no, care about I, the book of names.
0: They, I, what, what I didn't like here is that um, they, I mean, and that they don't have to, I guess, but I think that they had a good chance for Ru- when Ruby, Ruby says something on the lines of like, everything you told, everything you said was a lie. And, Christina's like, no, those were my words coming out of William's mouth. They could have at least made it explicit that Christina maybe loves Ruby or is interested Mm -hmm. in that whole feeling the magic.
1: I think they were trying to, but I think that somehow Ruby and the actress that is Ruby and the actress that is Christina have just zero chemistry. And I kind of blame it on the actress that is Christina, although I loved her in uh,
0: Fury Fury Road.
3: Road. Yeah.
1: Like, she just doesn't really... I mean, even the... Se- she's not really connected with anybody.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah, and this this is, like, the most boring explanation ever in that, you know, right? Like, the people are dead and I'm taking their blood, which is weird because why aren't those bodies rotten or whatever? But that, you know, she... Her dad, her dad was too much of a dick to teach her magic, so she had to learn magic herself. And then she realized that, you know, she could be so much more, which, in some sense, is maybe the thesis statement for this episode. Mm, yeah. Um, but then Ruby seems like kind of unfazed by all of this. <laughs> Ruby's then, like, yeah, so yeah. And then Christina's explanation doesn't really make super tons of sense. So when William is running around inside of Ruby's dad's joint in New England, does does he know she's doing that? Does he know that William is her? Is William her? Does he get killed like in between? Does he? Oh, that's a good out? question.
1: Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't know it, what the it, timeline it just, uh, is like there. I mean, it would kind of make like it, s- it would kind of make sense because he looks similar amount of de- of dead as right. the groundskeeper does, but maybe that's just what it looks like when you're quote unquote using someone's blood to make potions, which is the least elegant. Like I was like, you were both telling me too much and not enough.
2: Very embarrassing admission. Right. <laughs> Did not realize that. Um... <sighs> What's her name? What's her her fake name?
1: Oh, um
0: Hillary.
2: Hillary. Oh yeah. Whatever was the mm-hmm. groundskeeper till just now. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. of course she is. Yeah. Where else you going to get a body like that? Like dead.
0: Right. But but I mean like <laughs> Where else you going to have... get
1: a body like that? Woo!
3: <laughs> at the gym
1: and not at the also... tr- <laughs> not at the pizza store.
0: <laughs> but then also Chris, Christina, like casually uses magic on Atticus when she's in the in the house. Like she can do magic? Mhm. So it, you know, like, like Which I don't know, but like, it would seem that if your dad is like some evil racist and also sexist wizard, maybe, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't casually use magic inside the house where he has full control. Maybe blah, he's blah, blah, a blah. maybe
1: he's a cool misogynistic racist dad, and he's like, if you're gonna use ma- magic, I'd rather you just did it. In There's the like, house. honey,
2: just no force fields, okay? Yeah. Those are mine.
1: Well, she <laughs> uses
2: them.
3: Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, maybe it's
2: maybe it's, yeah, it's, maybe so- it's,
1: maybe it's uh, reverse psychology. It's like he actually mm-hmm. only wants her to use force fields. <laughs> Everything else yeah, he's it, afraid
0: of—it's the forbidden fruit thing. Don't mm. stick
1: your dick in these holes.
0: <laughs> but all, all I'm all I'm saying is they would have had a good chance to maybe kind of like broaden their their queer representation, or at least make what seems to be subtext text, or or at least be like, hey, Or have some exposition,
1: know. but they didn't do any of yeah, that right, well. Right. Yeah. It or, was a or, terrible or
0: show. Thing. Like, is Ruby going to jump in with both feet to like a cult? Is she going to become Christina Braithwaite's like ally yeah. or lover or what? The, 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 Girlfriend. That would
1: be, no,
0: that would be awesome. That would be awesome because you don't expect that. You know what I mean? Like, and yep. I, or, or or could she? Could, she could completely reject it. Instead, it's just kind of like eh. also every time they bring up the book of names, my brain kind of tries to turn off. It's like <laughs> boring. Do not care. Do
1: not care. Yeah, I agree with that. I also feel like um, it, it would make sense if Ruby was going to align herself. With with the baddie, because then you would have like kind of pleasant symmetry between Letty and Atticus and Ruby and Christina. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, mm-hmm. but not in like a way that I'm like, oh, what are they going to do with this? I'm just kind of like, OK, mm-hmm. I will endure this because I like other aspects of the show. Yeah,
2: oh, it yeah did I feel I, 100%. distinctly out of place. I would yeah. say you know? well it's, it was
1: almost like they were like well we have to wrap up some loose ends from the last episode I did not feel that way at all no I
0: could have waited no it. I mean yeah in fact I thought it was really weird when I saw I was like wait we're, we're in the basement
1: yeah <laughs> also I just like that she's like we're in the basement clearly Christina has just like shed her Williams skin and she's like here it is my hmm. my my operation here we are <laughs> I also, also like that like she does not like Ruby just comes and goes as she wishes like fine okay yeah. bye
0: Mm-hmm.
1: just nothing seems they, quite right about it
0: this would be a chance to do some horror stuff too like these bodies shouldn't be like sitting like they're donating blood they should be like inside like you know opaque metal tubes and we see like an arm poking out the, you know like I don't know something make it look creepy and horrible mm-hmm.
1: we, we didn't need any of it like we did right not now. need any of it it would have been better the episode would have been better without it
0: yeah the focus of this episode and the part that is you know enjoyable um, is sort of um, Hippolyta Kind of, um, she activates, um, uh, what Is it? Is it Dr. Epstein's time machine? She activates the time machine, which I think is a time machine, but really is an alternate reality machine.
1: Mm-hmm. Or like a, which is... or like a rips in space and time machine. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. I,
1: I or maybe only cool. when I it's think... like shot with loose bullets.
2: Because I think it's actually a telescope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. What, how did you describe oh, that it's telescope? A, it's
2: a, the loudest telescope. looks like there's a loudspeaker on the internet. So it's yeah. the, the loudest <laughs> telescope just <laughs> shouting at stars. Hey!
1: Hey, Moon! <laughs> Reveal your secrets to me, Moon!
2: <laughs> the Batscope uses
0: sonar to uh, yeah. identify. But yeah, I thought, um, so, so Hippolyta goes on a little alternate reality joint, um, a jaunt. She spends, joint, sorry, she spends some time in Paris with Josephine Baker. She lives amidst the Amazons, and um, she gets one more day with her deceased husband, George. And point then, of order,
2: though, not the Amazons, the Dahomey Amazons, who oh, true, sure, yeah, 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 well, <laughs> yeah, different, different Amazons. Well, and
1: right. point of order, not just one more day with George, a whole lifetime of Buck Rogers retrofuturistic adventure, right? right, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. one then, presumes. Then, then, then
0: she jumps into Orthenia Blue, or, or yeah, Orthania Blue, and um, I think it's. I don't think I'm going out of limb when I say that. I think that she learns a little bit about herself on these <laughs>
1: journeys. Yeah.
0: And 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 we learn a little bit about her, and it leads her to I don't know, a place where she can make a faithful decision or at least know herself better. Like, right. The woman she is, was, and could be.
1: Uh, quick shout-out. So one of my favorites. So I think that um, the uh, – I mean, it's weird to describe it as a cameo because it's not actually Josephine Baker. But the presence of Josephine Baker (laughs) in this, um, I think, is like pretty much monopolized the conversation because Josephine Baker is a really cool person and there's lots of interesting things to know about her. And if you think you know a lot about her, there's even more to know because Mm. she like was contained multitudes and was a fascinating person Um, Mm. and not just and a fascinating person among fascinating people like Ernest Hemingway is like, this is the coolest person (laughs) I have ever met. About her, so that's all great. There is a sneakier, I think, or at least less well-known uh, historical figure in this as well. So, and I, I like the scene a lot. So it's when uh, Hippolyta is driving to the observatory, and you see the scene where you see what do they call it, the Woody?
2: Oh, Woody, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Woody.
1: Um, it's kind of like going up and down these sort of like rolling hills, and you see behind her a white motorcycle crest. And I think you're supposed to think it's a cop. I, I certainly did. I thought it was a cop. You mm-hmm. thought it was cop. Yeah. Thomas, do you think it was a cop?
0: Yeah, motocop.
1: Motocop. Uh, but no, up alongside the woody cruises um, this fabulous black woman driving a motorcycle, and... It delights Hippolyta. She she laughs and enjoys it, and <laughs> which I understand she's, that would delight me too. And and she's basically a little
0: bit too tickled
1: by it. <laughs> a little bit. And uh, although maybe she knows who it is because this was a big deal. So that is a historical figure named Bessie Stringfield. Um, she was the first Black woman um, and Black woman motorcyclist to ride across the United States solo, um, and. She is just like, kind of an amazing person as well. During World War II, she was like one of the handful of civilian couriers for the United States Army. Hmm. She dro- she crossed the United States eight times delivering documents to different army bases.
3: Whoa.
1: And through this time, she was, uh, of course, racially profiled, hassled by the cops. Um, there was a horrible incident where a white guy in a pickup truck like nailed her with his door Jesus. driving, and she never gave up. And she fought for her rights the entire time. And eventually she went down to Florida. I don't know why Jim Crow South, all these people are going down to Florida, but they are.
3: Hmm.
1: Where um, she was harassed and held, uh, like, wasn't allowed in the motorcycle clubs until basically she smoked them with her motorcycling skills so that it was undeniable that they had (laughs) to leave her alone. Um so and but that was okay because then she did not join their motorcycle club club. She founded her own, the Iron Horse Club. Oh nice. And um her official nickname is the Motorcycle Queen of Miami.
3: Huh. Yeah. Very cool.
1: So she's a real person and it's really cool to see her in this. So maybe one could argue that Hippolyta knows that it's Bessie Springfield and Springfield and that's why she's so tickled. Hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's like a oh, famous person.
1: <laughs> I mean, what would you do, what would you do if you saw one of the Chapo Trap House guys just cruising by on a motorcycle <laughs> while you're like going to the grocery store. You would be like, "I
3: know
0: him!" <laughs> true, true 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Virgil Texas on a motorcycle. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I would then immediately I would lose my cool, and I have a peril social relationship with you guys because of your podcast. And then I would lose control of my car, and swerve, and probably kill <laughs> them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'd be oh, terrible. No. And then they would be like, he rode his motorcycle, spreading socialism across America until some white Southern man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, you're right. You're right. Yep, yep. Yeah. I would become a part of history. Oh no. But no, I think this. <clears throat> she this. She sounds like the first of. Let's. I, I think there's going to be a couple different. I have. I think this episode puts me in mind of a couple different movies. I think need to be made. And it sounds like she has a life worthy of being preserved. In, in the film they should make a picture about her
1: absolutely um, well and I, I know that black motorcycle culture is a huge deal but I think typically mm-hmm. when we think about motorcycle films and we think about like easy rider like motorcycles representing freedom we think about white men yeah. for the most part yeah
3: for sure so, 100% yes
1: so I think it was cool to not only give us that little like lurch in our gut and mm-hmm. then su- re- immediate release and surprise and delight that it was not a white cop yeah Coming for Hippolyta, but also that we have now flipped the narrative, and we're showing we're showing a, a black woman exercising her freedom in the in a way that is very iconic for Americans on the sure. on the open road. I mean, they're like like motorcyclists are like modern day cowpokes. You
2: well, know, at least many of them think that they are. <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, we've
0: all seen Sons of Anarchy. We all know.
2: What do we
1: know?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not a great show. Actually, Sons of Anarchy is a great it. dumb guy show. Ugh. Oh. Oh, it's it's, is it's it dumber stupid. It's,
1: Is it dumber than Entourage?
0: <laughs> um, it's more entertaining because the first season is basically a it's basically, what if Hamlet was a dumber guy?
1: <laughs> like like the Shakespearean
0: yes, character yes, like, Hamlet? Like I think that my father's murderer is my uncle who's married to my mom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: And, um, is there is there and, an And Ophelia? also he's
0: played by and, and also Ron Perlman is in it. Oh,
1: is Ron Perlman the uncle? Yes, he would have to be.
0: Who who like I think survives until uh, if I believe the very end or at least very close to the end. So like it's it, it's not even you're you're watching it and you're like is he going to kill Ron Perlman? No, nope, Ron Perlman's in it for like five or six <laughs> seasons.
1: Um, do you ever get to see Ron Perlman eat? In the, uh, in
0: the. I don't remember. He, I, I do remember because it's around Ron Perlman uh, joint. He is uh, contractually obligated to smoke at least one enormous cigar in everything he's ever in. Which and makes it, which happens.
1: makes it look like he's smoking just a cigarillo because his mouth is roughly the size of a cantaloupe. Yeah. Yeah, is I, I actually imagine apple
0: they have in one this. bite. Yeah. They're specially Just made, no, it they're specially made <laughs> gag cigars that are actually as big as, like, a man's forearm. Right.
1: Like, they keep them in the same place that they keep the white button-down shirts that they make actresses put on after they're done having, like, a a sensual sex scene. Mm-hmm. That are like, yeah, that like on a man would be like a size like seven X,
0: <laughs> so that the woman yeah.
1: looks really small.
0: Hmm. Or those sheets they have on the beds where the men can the men can like show off their 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 chest and abs, but the woman can be like kind of
2: covered.
1: Yeah, totally. I do like how in movies the second someone has sex, they immediately just like ruin their bed
2: and put on <laughs> underwear. Yeah, so when they get up,
1: immediately, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately. Uh,
0: that's not. That's not. That's not how not your go-to move that's my move <laughs> you're just like
1: i'm gonna ruin this bed rip Ruined all the bed, sheets off. boxer briefs back on
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so back back to this episode i just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh uh bessie stringfield
0: um sure before before we dive into the different worlds i i just have some thoughts so i uh i thought it was a little bit unnecessary that the cops that the that that uh the evil uh what's his name captain uh uh, bah, 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 bah. It's like it's like name? it's something else. Captain elf. Seamus Lancaster. Captain <laughs> Frankenstein chest. <laughs> Captain Seamus. No, Captain Seamus. Yeah. Um, that that he has guys like
2: probably all over the place. Do we know? Do we know where this observatory is? I think it was in Kansas. There was a. There was a really? Uh, yeah. Well, I think there was some sort of like.
1: It's in Mayfield, wherever that is. Yeah,
2: I think she passed yeah. a but Kansas I mean, sign at yeah. least.
0: But you know, like so 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 this this cop who's in like the Chicago land area like has mm. fingers everywhere, which whatever. But I thought that, that that part was unnecessary, number one, because I thought it was kind of goofy that now Hi- Hippolyta joins the cast of people in, in this, like heroes in this show who are murderers. <laughs> uh-uh.
1: Yeah, I also thought they handled that in the dumbest way possible. Wouldn't you immediately pick up that body and just chuck it in the.
0: Huck it in the. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then. I- I also like that, that Atticus, who it's a big plot point that he, ha- that he doesn't get to use the woodies, so he has to take the bus, but he like gets a phone call and he knows where he needs to go immediately and he shows up there. That is an
2: the... excellent point.
0: He, I know. The I hilarious mean, hilarious move that they do in these shows where a man like runs
2: up to someone and also punches them. He, he does a lot of hilarious <laughs> like, running in this episode. Like, like a jousting
1: move. Yeah. yeah, the running down the stairs. The, the angry running down the stairs he does after he's hurled... A slur, at his father is pretty, is also pretty humorous. I believe when he, I don't. The running up and punching is not what I mind so much as when he vaults over <laughs> over the oh, handle of yeah, yeah, the yeah. stairs. Yeah. To which point, Andrew said, "Oh, action, Atticus!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but I mean, like I I don't. <clears throat> if even if he has to be there, I don't know that we needed the cops. Uh, it seems I I. It seems like a. It just feels like they were like we didn't have we did have some action scene in here. What if there are like two cops? <laughs>
2: And Atticus's power are there to 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 bring justice. I well, honestly
1: think all of it should have been yeah. stripped like everything should have just been stripped away. I know of I mean, like we see that Atticus had an adventure of his own. We don't mm-hmm. get to see any of it. We have like the mysterious right. uh Lovecraft country by George freeman um mm-hmm. paperback novel that he brings back. but I feel like I feel like there would have been ways to make that a little bit smoother. um mm-hmm. who knows maybe this observatory truly is. Special, mm, maybe. But and and there are parts of it that I enjoyed. I kind of liked the scene where he's visiting like his great aunt's friend and like taking off his shirt in her living room, and she doesn't to ask him <laughs> any questions about
0: that. Just oh, like, all he's right, just, he's just looking to see if, if if his witch mark matches the witch mark on his wait. Who is that woman? His his, his great aunt. yeah, his I... aunt's yeah, his grandma's mm. cousin. Oh it
1: is. Yeah. yeah, no no no, his no his mother's cousin, right? Yeah
0: yeah, yeah. his mom yeah. So his his second, so yeah. A second, yeah. yeah, second cousin. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, no, uh, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. Like, that's not, like, I'm not like, how did the bus get him to this observatory? <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. It's no, I'm just fine.
0: I'm just saying, it, but it just seems, it I, it, it seems unnecessary, right? Because I think, I think what you're saying is what I think, too. We're like, she could have just figured this out and, like, gone into the rift.
1: Yep. We didn't even really need her to go to Lovecraft Country initially. Like, right, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, like, we are, we are conservatively 25 minutes into this piece before... <laughs> Before she's going on her journey of self-discovery, and meeting um, uh, meeting uh, Grace Jones uh, cosplaying <laughs> as Garnet,
3: yeah, <laughs> in
1: the ship question mark like yeah. and that that seems a bit long. I thought it made the this episode I thought had some pacing problems and was mostly front-ended pacing problems
0: it's structured like we have structured this podcast where it's like, okay, we got this stuff. We got to get it out of the way. Okay. Here it is. Here. We're going to do the stuff. Okay. And now the part that you saw in the trailer is the part you care about, the part that is artistically interesting. Now we're going to do that part. <laughs>
1: right. All right. So what are we going to talk about first? Paris, Patty?
0: Oh, actually, I, can we talk about the, her, the part just before that, where she's in the cube two oh, room? Yeah. 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 The cube Piper two room. Hypercube. Yep. I, this also, the pacing lines, this also felt weird. Why, why do you guys think it, it felt like she was in the room for a weirdly long time and it was unnecessarily menacing. Yeah. Especially I, if the point of this is for her to, like, join this society of, like, enlightened... Are they, do you think they're aliens? Are they, like, transcendent people?
2: I Give I, it away I, a little bit. I do some, like, just deep, un, unresolved questions around that. Like, so so this... They are accessed via a tool that is owned and used by a white supremacist magician. A wizard, I think. is right. a, a grand yeah. wizard, if you will. Um, are we to understand that, like she got in contact with this particular group of cool space ladies because the cop shot the machine and broke it. Or are these allies of, um, the doctor yeah. who owned the house, who had, um, the, the, yeah. boop- horary dr epstein Yeah, yeah.
1: that part is not super clear like do i think that 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 racist cop who got thrown in the portal is also interacting with grace jones grace jones garnet no Mm
0: -hmm.
1: absolutely not it looks like they're kind of like just like a bunch of parallel worlds like flashing so so
0: so so in some sense you think she just lucked out like she got a good one she could have wound up in like she could have wound up in like the version of this that is run by race, like the, the, the HP Love, like the the bad joke I made about HP Lovecraft at the top, where like she runs into like the, <laughs> the HP Lovecraft futurist world, where you know something yeah. bad could have happened. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I mean, I I think I think so. I I can't imagine that part feels a little bit strange to me. I don't think that this. I, I think that that machine is meant to do this. I'm wondering if if it's not shot full, if it's not blown full of holes by a gun. If it opens up that portal in a stable environment that is more convenient than just kind of like off to oh, yeah, the I mean, left.
0: Yeah, I mean, you like adjust. You adjust the dial, and math appears around your head, and then it changes, and you can be like dinosaurs.
1: Right, or, and maybe you, you know, you can, like, mm. maybe you can like maybe you can like like pinpoint exactly where you want to go. But no, I think yeah. she just kind of lucks out. I mean, like sure. Atticus, one assumes went somewhere totally different. Yeah, right. And we ass- yeah. and we assume the cop didn't isn't like you know becoming an enlightened individual so yeah
0: he went to a barnes and noble in 2015 to get that book (laughs) maybe maybe
1: um he was like well i really had to go to the bathroom and while i was there i felt like i had to make a
0: purchase and you guys have you seen this a bookstore with coffee
1: bar there's an it was on this end cap and i was like wow
0: yeah
3: Um,
0: uh, all right, so, but, but anyway, it, it seemed a little bit unnecessarily menacing because the, they ultimately, her experience with the with the with the Grace Jones robot alien transcendent space people seems to be very positive and very affirming. And it's just kind of weird that they're like scaring the crap out of her at the beginning.
3: Yeah,
1: I would agree with that I, I really just thought it was strange, like I didn't really understand when she's like throwing those like discs like frisbees all around the room.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be like different gravity waves and stuff. Yeah.
1: Right. And and then that's kind of cool and I think it shows us once again that she's like she's you know she's a scientist, she explores her environment. I think we're supposed to give her credit
3: mm-hmm.
1: for um, for doing that as opposed to just giving up, which I do. I do think that you could have cut out everything else in that moment until like you could have cut condensed it so she wakes up, she puts on the jumpsuit, she starts ex- ex- she notices she's got these weird things on her wrist. She starts examining the room. She starts prying up stuff. That's when you first see Grace Jones. You don't know anything about Grace Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's like, "What do you want? What's your mission?" basically. Yeah. And her yeah, she's right. like, "My mission is to go um is to go dance on stage with Josephine Baker." And she's like, "Right on.
2: Mm-hmm. Enjoy." Good choice.
1: Yeah, yeah what a fu- what a fun opening move. <laughs> um <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that it, it yeah. did feel like we were there too long, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't
0: yeah, know. It, it, well, just it, again, it just felt unnecessarily menacing, where you are like, oh no, this isn't going to be good. Like, you know, you are not in yeah. prison. I know what was the if she didn't break the door, like, what was the plan? What, what were the how were they gonna? I mean, like, she what if she failed just, the la- test? <laughs> yeah, just laid on the thing and gone to sleep forever, and then they <laughs> the room fills with fire and she dies. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah, it does. It does seem like they could have given her some instructions. I mean, eventually they did. They were like, stop ripping up this room which is definitely not a jail. <laughs> but you can't leave also, it you... <laughs> until you do you say the magic words.
0: This is the we are not selling we are merely trading for money. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Um so the stuff the stuff in Paris I thought was pretty fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the I thought the the actress who is Josephine Baker does like a really good uh send-up to her. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you kind of understand, like for um, for Hippolyta, this is like kind of her first taste of like freedom to be like sexually desired, but also you have like Paris salon culture, which mm-hmm. definitely Josephine Baker was a huge part of. Like that was that is her experience where she could like take off her clothes on stage and like be the most beautiful woman and, like, sexually desired by both men and women, and she could explore all of those things together. But also people were like, what do you think about politics? What do you <laughs> think about art? Like, we're interested in your mind, yeah. right? So I can understand mm-hmm. that that's, like, a hugely, for a, a mid-century woman, like, I don't think i don't I keep, I keep almost calling her Hippolyta. I don't think Hippolyta went to college, right? Yeah. Like, but she clearly is an intellectual in her own right. You can see that that would be a... Really cool experience to have. Um I do feel like it's a little strange that we don't have that seated early on. Yeah. I mean, when she sees she she,
0: she is listening to French music in the car when she uh... when she sees I Bessie. Mean,
1: it, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't, but I
0: don't I don't, I but... don't know the the wor- I I know that uh, Jesse Baker was was a dancer, not a singer, right? But she recorded
1: know. some things. It's not it's not one of her like she okay, has okay, one yeah. very famous song. That was a hit um, here as well as in uh, in Europe. It's uh-huh. not that song.
3: So um, I yeah. don't know. So maybe, uh,
1: but, yeah. but it would be, I don't think it would have been hard to, like, kind of seed that early on. I think that this episode forced me to kind of acknowledge and grapple with the fact that I don't really know who Hippolyta is beyond, like, yeah. she loves space and she's smart.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Also, also, point of order, point of order. Nobody is married to George Freeman, who doesn't know what it is to be to be sexually desired. <laughs> that, <laughs> is, that, is his his that is true. That is true. Main character trait. <laughs> that is true.
1: I mean, but like, but you know what I mean, in like kind of know, a, a broader, right, right. Do, more broader sense.
0: I do. This is. She gets to be glamorous. She gets to. She gets to smoke pot and take a little little sniff uh, in the in the salon. Um, I I, I do. I thought the exchange she has with Josephine Baker was interesting where Josephine Baker describes herself as like a star, magnificent, ancient, and already extinguished. Hmm. And then they have that really key moment of talking about tasting freedom, and um, Hippolyta kind of says, I thought I used to be happy, and then it turns out that I was the type of Negro woman that white folks wanted me to be. They found a smart way to lynch me without me noticing the noose. And then comes that her, her anger makes her want to Kill white folks, and then I hate them for letting them make me feel small.
1: And I also hate myself for right. feeling small.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 also it, throughout this, Justine Baker is also kind of agreeing with her, which means are they kind of talking past each other? Because is and n- n- this is not a criticism; just more of an interesting thing. So is Hippolyta being like, "Look, I, uh, I, I, as it turns out, the salon and cabaret life is for me. This is great. This is amazing. I never knew. I didn't even know that this was an option." This is this is great. But also Josephine Baker is like is is she also saying where she agrees like I hate myself, I hate mm. everything. <laughs> you know, I, I I also have existential ennui.
1: I had some insight. I only really felt like I understand that understood that scene when I revisited Josephine Baker's Wikipedia page and was <laughs> reminded of something that I don't think So Josephine Baker now we see her, I mean, like, she's in, like, board books for babies as, like, a great feminist, right? Like, we... Sure. We have... We... Even though... You know, we think of her as a great American, even though she made her fame and fortune in France. Yeah, right. Even, mm-hmm. even though she yeah. was
0: actually a great French person. Yes. 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 <laughs>
1: but we do, right? And we don't really deserve to do that because basically through her entire life, America was real crappy to Josephine Baker. Mm-hmm. So she... She started dancing in St. Louis. She moved to New York. She participated and was a dancer um, uh, at the the various clubs during the Harlem Renaissance. And all through that time, she kind of was just relegated to being like a chorus girl. And people just like really were not picking up what she was putting down. And then Uh and, and like so many great. Um, black women before her, she was like, who, whose shine could not be ignored. She was like, you know what? I'm going to go to France, mm-hmm. so I can live my life. And she was basically immediately a sensation there, and a sensation all over Europe. She ha- she had for a long time one of the longest running and most successful um, tours of Europe for that <laughs> time period, and uh, she headlined at that uh, that famous um, French club. Like when you think about French. Clubs with, like, the fans and the, the... It's what it's what they're at. The Follet... Oh,
2: Follet Bejaire? Yeah. Yeah.
1: For a really long time, like, I mean, like, all of that. I and mean, she was just accepted and loved by French society. So then she was like...
2: <laughs> Do you like how I just, like, mumbled that so it sounded like I was trying to it sounded good. It? No, I just... Was speak fast. Yeah, it sounded and, good. Yeah. It sounded let, really good. Let the tongue <laughs> flap. But she... <laughs>
1: yes. So then she was like, well, I've made it. So it's now time for me, the Zigfield girls, mm-hmm. are having a... a um, Kind of a a review. Mm. They had been gone for a while, they've come back to New York. I'm gonna go back to New York. I'm Josephine Baker. I've made I've made my presence known on the world stage. Mm-hmm. And she did and people hated it. Jesus. They wrote they wrote about how bad her voice was, how she sounded squeaky and meek, <laughs> like all of this horrible, horrible stuff. And um and basically like that run was cut short and she returned to France and immediately was like, I'm done being an American. And that was at the point where she gave up her American citizenship and became French. So I kind of wonder, she might, she might, so like Josephine Baker definitely understood what it was like to be hated or be made to feel small or mm. people trying to make her feel small and she just didn't accept it. So I think that that's what we're supposed to take out of that scene. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting about that scene is you would almost expect this to be a thing where... Hippolyta is like, I've now tasted this freedom. I love this freedom. I want to stay here forever. I want to be famous. That's what I want. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's also kind of not what Josephine Baker did. I mean, she was, but, you know, she would go on to be... um a freedom fighter and a spy and
0: hero of the French resistance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and a wonderful civil rights activist. So I think also she was sort of like, I'm not, I'm not dancing in feathers for my whole life. Like this is, this is how I will make my fortune. This is how I will make my name, but I'm going to do more. And instead for what it does for Hibbolida is it awakens this deep rage that, that you could have a sense of freedom that has been denied her so long. And I think that that's, that that makes sense to me as yeah. a as a story arc, in this in this um, mm-hmm. sort of journey about self discovery that she's on.
2: Yeah, that did ring. I think like that part did ring sort of distinctly true. Like she's not because like, I think like that is one that is one sort of narrative benefit to kind of keeping her character sort of muffled to the audience. That now you kind of like that they they acknowledge that and they sort of like let her open up. But again, like it, it, it was a bit of an awkward transition. I think it wasn't what necessarily overall. It was sort of an awkward from like being completely like shut away in the background to being like, and I'm amazing,
1: right? Like yeah. you would you would expect her to have like some sort of comment about like, oh, I never, I never got D involved in ballet class because like I was yeah I wasn't allowed to do it. You expect I expect I would expect them to have seeded an interest in one of the following and- <laughs> dance. Jazz. The human being of Josephine Baker. France. France.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
1: any one of any one of those things before, I think, would have gone a long way to why this is the first thing that pops into her head yeah. when um mm-hmm. when a threatening Grace Jones force is looming over her. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Alright, what's next? Yeah. And it's fine. So then we uh then we go see the Dahomey um Amazons, um, which I, which, 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 uh, so I would say before, Josephine Baker, people have made movies about her. They still should make movies about her. Josephine Baker is one of the few people who I think um, uh, Beyonce gets compared to a lot. And hmm. I think Beyonce comes up a little bit short. One of the few people who makes Beyonce seem maybe not quite up to par.
2: Well, we'll see if what that, kind of role it, Beyonce it, plays in the, few, in the
0: coming resistance.
2: Right. I guess. Yes.
0: So, the, the, so we, we spent some time with the. Uh, the Dahomey Amazons, um, who were who were who were certainly a real group of people, um, but maybe not exactly as portrayed here. Um, Dahomey it was the kingdom of Dahomey was a African kingdom, which is in um, present day um, Benin, which is in West Africa. Um, it existed from like I know, like the like the 17th century to like 1904 when the French came in and crushed it and um it was run by a king and they had this notable group of um of women warriors that the explorers and slave traders identified as amazons and this was a group of uh, uh female soldiers who were seen as this elite group they were the brides of the king if that sounds if that reminds you of anything yes indeed black panther cribbed the <laughs> idea from from these historical people and they uh they were like they didn't they, like characters in Lovecraft Country, were virgins, um, at least theoretically. To um, so like, the, it was not a cardinal marriage to the king. Instead, this was to keep their devotion, and they held important. They were an important force within the country. They sort of, as that they they were warrior aristocrats, and um, they fought with modern weapons. Um, and they fought in war in in a series of wars with the French in the late eighteen and early nineteen hundreds. They fought with Winchester rifles. And and spears and gun and knives and things like that, um, and uh, when uh, they eventually were and and what's interesting is these wars with the French the Dahomey people secured cannons and machine guns like this was not this isn't this isn't like the Rorke's Drift Zulu kind of kind of conflicts mm, but this yeah. this this was this was you know guns on guns kind of thing which fascinating right this would be fascinating I would I would watch. A movie, a miniseries. I want to know more about this, um, but anyway, then we in the that so after they lose the war, they were de- after they lose the war, the country loses independence. They were demobilized and they had a hard time fitting back into society. And there's accounts of them being kind of un- being unnecessarily aggressive and violent compared to other people trying to sort of integrate back into society. That that that, that that's an interesting thing to think about. Hmm. Um, and the woman who um is uh, uh training. The uh, the Amazons Nawi is based on a real person called Nawi, who was um, someone identified in the 60s or 70s um, by like I think uh, anthropologists or something in Africa as the last of these of these Dahomey Amazons. She was a real she was a real person um, that that they were able to interview and stuff. And, and and I think because of like dating and everything, we're not they weren't sure exactly how old she was, but by the time she, they she died, they thought she was maybe upwards of 100 years old but but fascinating right this is this is this is fascinating um uh the um Dahomey did did good things they did as, as a nation they did good things they did bad things um they were engaged in the slave trade um which so but also the amazons apparently were kind of more opposed to it than the male um warrior aristocracy so there's there, there's a lot of interesting stuff to mine here this is something where i, I just want to know more I, I i should probably it would be it would be worth digging up some resources about um uh, about this group
2: of people and and their their impact in life lives yeah. i mean yeah um, it's, it's very, very very interesting yeah you can't really talk about the african diaspora without talking about um tahome i mean because like, again they the largest slave trading port uh on west the western african coast was in uh tahome, and again like the I read an article. Even even to this day, there's sort of great cultural divide and frustration and challenges because you know there, you know in America we have the history of the those who were enslaved and those who uh, weren't, and in Dahomey we have those who were enslaved and sold and those who were the enslavers, like who were the the ones who mm-hmm. captured your ancestors and um, sold you to slavery. And it's 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 apparently a, sort of a actually they're opening a museum. I don't know the details uh, of what sort of the um, they're working with the Smithsonian, I believe, to open a museum. Um, about the history of slavery in the nation, and it's 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 very interesting to talk about. Um, again, it's something that I, I I don't know a lot about, but I am interested. I am curious to see because again, I know as you mentioned the the um, um, I, I do apologize, I can't recall the actual name given to this military unit, but the, the Amazons, as they refer to here, uh, which is appropriate with Hippolyta, of course, Queen of the Amazons in Greek mm-hmm. mythology. Um, it is strange to consider the like you know one thing I, I noticed when I was watching um, Hippolyta's. Um, uh journeys i guess uh both involve france in different ways you know in mm-hmm. the first one she goes to france to sort of be live a liberated and free existence alongside Josephine Baker. baker and the second she goes to uh tome where the french are attacking and uh contributing i mean presumably based on my limited knowledge of military uniforms which is non-existent effectively they looked pretty they didn't look like Slave trade era military uniforms, so I don't think these are like slaving Europeans, but like it, it draws sort of an interesting parallel with, in which like France is sort of like good and bad. They looked
1: like Civil War soldiers they did. to and me.
2: I, I know I was con- confused. Yeah I, I I, 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 I,
0: yeah, yeah, I thought they looked like Confederate soldiers to me I too. Uh, a, I, I, I did a, look it up. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I i looked up. I tried to look up some pictures from the. um the, uh, the Franco uh, Dahomey Wars. Mm-hmm. And it looks like what they would be wearing would be like – it would be what you would expect, like pith helmets and khaki and stuff like that. Sure. Um, it is true, though, that the Civil War uniforms are based on French military uniforms. Um, oh, these, these ladies also tangled with the French Foreign Legion and acquitted themselves well, too. So, you know, um, I, 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 my take on it would just be I think we're, we are to understand this is sort of heightened reality. Yeah, and I don't that, I don't think that these you know, I don't think is, this is a historic is, just, moment in time. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, but yeah. like I right, yeah. Like I think it's fine that I think they are confederates because that or in my in my read anyway, they are confederates because they just represent like white racism in its most fair. Well, fair. for an American <laughs> militarized form.
1: Also, don't you not, think it's
0: you know, not maybe not
1: Don't you think it's a sort of an afro futurism take on John Carter of Mars?
2: I think there's certainly, oh there's, yeah, yes, certainly. Yes, yes, um, yeah. If only because of the reference to it in the first episode, this is the closest sort of callback to that, and I think it it, it seems like definitely.
1: But like John Carter of Mars was it, yeah.
2: yeah, was it was is a great is a great a story.
1: Only John Carter is a Confederate, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> like right. so. Right. She's going on a similar it, 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 it's, sort of journey and she's fighting Confederates. That's awesome. Yeah, like maybe, yeah, in fact, yeah, maybe yeah, yes. she's on the other side of John Carter from Mars. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and,
0: indeed, and indeed, you could even say that the um, certainly they have the um, it's a it, it has a lot more. Um, uh, it goes with what what I think we would see as like African visual motif, but um, they, they even have that sort of you know sword and sandals sort of look that that you get with John Carter where guys are like jumping around and fighting chopping each other up with swords and stuff. It, it maybe kind of kind of goes with that too with this sort of you, you know I mean like that helmet she wears kind of looks a little bit like a Spartan helmet a little mm-hmm. bit and, mm-hmm. you know there's this sort of uh, uh, there's some of that. What's funny to me, my recollection has been many years since I read the John Carter books is that him being Confederate is not a th- not really a, like a big plot point. Which is terrible. It's from an era where like being Confederate was just like a cool like a cool background trait. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. of course I was a badass. I was like, you probably have some... I was a rebel, you guys. I don't <laughs> I don't go along with what everybody else which yeah. is
2: like you what probably a, have some a monstrous, old useless money in your closet. I bet, yeah, right? don't you? Yeah, yeah. You should <laughs> so save exactly, that like... just in case. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Eventually, us on the internet will want to buy it from you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just, just, just imagine if, in like, you know, thirty years, we're making stories and we're like, this guy's background—he was an ICE agent. We all know they were the hardest bastards in the United. States. You're just like, oh, get, come on, really? <laughs> yeah. This
1: guy pulled pulled protesters into dark vans in
0: in <laughs> Portland. <laughs> So you know, you know he's tough. Yeah. Right, right. Like, like, just divorce it from anything that would, like, actually inform your worldview. It's just like, this is just shorthand for being a badass. Right. Jason Bourne.
1: Noted <laughs> protest. <laughs> noted protest oh, grab. Like, uh, nabber. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, probably, to be fair, there are definitely people who see that kind of media and are like, great, cool. <laughs> he killed 50 people in my family.
0: Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Having, so I would, I would love to see something about the something. I would love to see a historical series of this. This sounds super I, rad.
2: I will say, I have not seen this, but uh, Henry Louis Gates did an entire sort of extended series for PBS on the history of uh, the African continent, these sort of empires oh, yeah. of Africa. Uh, uh-huh. Since there isn't anything, like, any sort of grand dedicated piece of media to that, uh, it's been on my uh-huh. watch list for like five years now and i just haven't got around to it, but i'm very i think i i would suspect that would come up at least a little bit
0: yeah oh um, man, yeah I, I i i should check it out is it i'll, I'll we'll, we'll chat off my
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, series also uh, one other small fun fact uh the religious practices uh born in uh Dahomey were the foundation of what would grow into be sort of haitian voodoo and the other sort of afro-caribbean religions oh yeah i, uh, I saw that I too condom yeah. voodoo um the kind of plays the Brazilian one that you see, I think, in uh, Black Orpheus. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, um, so yeah. yeah, that's sort of the emphasis. That's the genesis of uh, Afro-Caribbean religion, religious practices in the New World. B- mm-hmm. But also, like, you know, there's I, I see sort of there's a lot of mixed accounts I've seen about that. Where like, um, I don't know, it's an interesting topic to get into. I and I'll, mm-hmm. that's all I'll say because I don't want to say anything incorrect or foolish. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely it is it is uh, sort of fascinating.
1: Yeah. I would say that this is so definitely when she's in Paris, um, you get a like a little hint of um, liberation. But I think it's liberation that is something that we that if you're like a liberal person who got some sort of degree in the humanities are generally could be kind of jealous of. Right. Who doesn't want to be. A fabulous intellectual in the salons in Paris. Oh yeah, I
2: mean, yeah. right. Yeah, Peter yeah, College sure. just walks yeah. down the stairs so casually in that sweet suit.
1: Right, like you know, come it's on, it's it's awesome. Um,
0: half, ha- half these people would love to hang out with like a C-list celebrity yeah. in in a place like a quarter as cool as what's going on in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So that is to me a little bit, a little bit generic or standard sort of sort of mm. wish fulfillment journey of sure. self discovery. Yeah. Like I, you know, I spent a semester in Paris. Yeah. Kind of, kind of stuff. Um, speaking mm-hmm. as a as a person privileged enough to attend college, like yeah. I relate to that. I understand it. I think that this is where, um, the during the uh, the Amazon um, portion of her journey, I think that's when we start tapping into um, more feminist philosophy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. specifically um, black feminist philosophy. Yeah. In basically all feminist philosophy, there is a a portion about women discovering this repressed sense of rage. That's very common. For black women, it is singular because... Their whole lives, they have been dismissed. Like, like their their justifiable feelings have been dismissed as just being angry black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I read a book uh, at the beginning of the year by Brittany Cooper called "Eloquent Rage: A Black Feminist Discovers Her Superpower." I would recommend it to everybody. It was very, very good. Um, and she talks about this a lot. How, um, you know, that this that this dismissal is so harmful because black women have a lot to be pissed about, and. <laughs> There, you can, if you harness that rage and you build that righteous rage based on, you know, the, the treatment of yourself, the treatment of your mother, the treatment of your grandmother, of the women that you've seen in your life, um, it's it's pretty much it's, a, it's an unstoppable force. So I kind of saw this whole section as being a moment where uh Hippolyta accepts her rage and decides she's not going to let um, people dismiss it or define her mm-hmm. and define her by it and dismiss her because of it, that this yeah. is something that she can use for her power, which is really cool. yeah, which is really cool. I actually, my only complaint with the section is, I wish there was more. and i don't I don't really I don't think I get it. and I didn't love it that it ends with her turning her back to the oncoming army, taking off her helmet and being like, Well, but I'm also George's wife. Yeah, I think it would have been way cooler. If she was just mowing down hombres like, or mowing down uh, d- uh, dude bros. Yeah. And she was like, I am or, I am Hippalida, I am George's wife. And think, then like snapped out of
2: it. I think they probably called proud boys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I think that that would have been cooler and would have shown that like the rage, like the rage is now motivating her, yeah. and pushing her forward. Um, that that section ends in sort of kind of a defeatist note. And I, I didn't love that.
2: Yeah, it's a yeah, lot of build up to this suddenly just be be so um it it I mean I know that the, the engagement with George the, the scene with George is intended to sort of showcase un, unacknowledged disappointments, but it's really disappointing when you're just like, oh, we, come on. You work so hard and you look so cool. Well, and that's yeah. kind of my
1: my beef with a lot of this. I feel like we spent exactly the right amount of time in Paris. Yeah. I think it'd be nice if we knew how long she was there. Yeah. Like got a sense of that. Maybe if I deciphered like but I don't think they they update you on that.
0: I I think those 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 little like star date those little coordinates at the bottom mm-hmm. do change, and yeah. I think one of them does seem to be time because it doesn't unless I mean unless like the coordination of the salon is different from the coordinates of the theater or something. But I feel like it does I feel like it does change to show time passes. But I don't really I don't really remember. Yeah, Forget. Forget I spoke.
1: Well, if I had done my homework and, like, figured out how to decipher those, <laughs> potentially I would know. But, you know, like, I felt like we spent about the right amount of time in Paris. I didn't feel like we spent enough time yes. with the Warriors. No,
0: this, and, and I understand that, like, the, this this section of the Warriors is a little bit like... It has, like, music video energy a little bit where it's kind of like you're on this featureless plane. You're doing badass warrior stuff. Suddenly there's all these... All these, all these men with swords for you to fight, you fight them. You know, kind of victorious guitar riff sort of peeling out. But, like, it doesn't seem, I mean, it doesn't feel like any of these, any of the people in this have any, like, inner life. They're not, they don't even really feel like real people, exactly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's sort it's, it's, it's a. Yeah. It's it's, it's it's stylized and kind of iconic. How about that?
1: Yeah. I, at least, like, I, I was not clever enough to pick up on the fact that each of these moments is sort of punctuated by a, a, at least a person who's based on a famous person in history. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so that is that is at least cool.
0: But, <laughs> Wait, hold on, so the next one, is
2: the famous person George Freeman?
1: Yeah, George King of <laughs> Men Freeman? Yes, obviously.
2: <laughs> George, tragically not, Ernie Hudson Freeman?
1: Yeah. Oh. George, but basically George er- Ernie Hudson Freeman.
2: <laughs> if you can't get Ernie, the next best thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I, This segment... I think if I had to pick a segment, this is my favorite segment because it has more interiority than the others. You know?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Go ahead. Oh, I
0: just like and they. The, hell, they don't need my permission. I like that they fully went there where she says, I want to kill white people and she kills white people. <laughs> yeah. Um. In light of the recent unpleasantness, this is one of these things where you like you think if uh, you think in light of uh, uh, you know Portland, Louisville, etc. You think you think they would have gone with this, I, by by <laughs> which I just mean good for them for just saying that you're mad and what you want to and what what you want to do and you don't have to. They are walking the walk that they are preaching here. Where you know I'm tired of being ladylike. I'm tired of covering it up. But I'm not. I am mad. Here's what I. Yeah. Cool. It's it's. I mean, maybe it's sad that 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 this is not something that we see more often, but it you know it deser it deserves praise when it when we see it. I think that's 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 powerful and honest and good.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I I would like to hope that Misha Green would not have backed off. Um, just mm. because times well, are oh, sure. times are different now. Um, I just
0: I, I you could just imagine the money. You could just imagine the suits being like, hey. hmm, so you said
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, they could have pulled it last minute, though. I don't know. I, I do. I, you pointed those out, Andrew. <laughs> you're like, I wonder if Misha Green watched Watchmen and was like, "Damn it, damn it." But that's okay. Cause this is a much better show. Um, but I would not blame her. She's like, they're scoop, they're scooping my
0: stuff. Yeah. They're doing oh, yeah, my stuff. I so she, they don't have to explain Tulsa now, so yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, We don't have to have we don't have to, have to have to like a little like the more you know section mm. about Tulsa. Um, yeah. I really like the scene with George and lighter though. I like that we return to a moment of that was extremely romantic and intimate, and then mm. ups the intimacy and honestly the romantic angle even more by as opposed to her you know, like them them just like having sex, which was great the first time.
3: <laughs> but she
1: she bears her soul to him this time, right? And and says she feels limited and that she blames him to some degree for limiting her. Yeah. Um and true to his King of Men nickname, George Freeman rises to the occasion. Which is very wonderful. Because all the Freeman men up until this point, have been so disappointing over the course of this episode. So it's just really good to remember that George was so excellent. Um, and 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 it's it's great. I love I love at the end where she names herself as a discoverer and she reaches out her hand to him and he takes it. Like yeah. I think that that is that's definitely uh, a big deal among scholars who talk about you know the the the. Repair to the black couple, like, mm, and mm. and how we think about it in society. That you know there is to a certain degree, we can't do this without one another. We yeah. have to. We have to move forward as a unit. The unit itself just needs to redefine itself so that it's a partnership as opposed to um, anything else it could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this actually is probably my favorite segment. Um, yeah. I mean, like maybe it's not like the coolest one to watch, but it felt this felt like not even uncomfortably, but like very, very true and honest. Uh, not that you know hacking up Confederados with a with an axe isn't cool, but like I don't know this the and the, and the concept of like you can go anywhere, you can do anything. You know, you you you, you can you can you can do a fr- you can be frivolous and glamorous and find truth and freedom there. You can you can indulge indulge your rage or find your power but also if you could do anything wouldn't you want like to see some to to like kind of be able to develop a little bit more closure with someone you love who has died you know that, that, that that's another that's a that's a personal thing but that's another grandly magical thing you could do and uh I don't know, it felt really great it felt good where like george for, at first like kind of tries to defend himself which like I, I mean i think i i would venture to say anybody would and That's then he's fair, like oh yeah. wait but you know but at some point he's like no no this number one this isn't about me i feel mm-hmm. like his internal is sort of like this isn't about me i don't really get to say i need to listen to my wife <laughs> Yeah. Right. you know and i and i thought that was i, I thought that was handled pr- pretty pretty excellently um you know, and she says, "I thought you knew how big I wanted to be." This kind of this gives us more of her kind of thematic um, arc throughout, because um, she's not defined by rage or freedom and pleasure. It's actually about ab- about her. I don't even know if it's really it, it's it is ambition, but it's really almost just like I want to be all I can be, or I I don't want to be I don't want to be held down or confined I or want to be like limited. Who, yeah,
2: I want to be have the space to be who I am. Right, like that, because right, yeah, right.
0: You know, it's 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 not like it's not like George Freeman. You didn't let me. I wanted to be. I wanted to go to college, or I wanted to be. It's not that. It's 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 bigger than that. Yeah.
1: Right, and this is actually something that we have laid groundwork for. We see Mm -hmm. that in their final, like, we see in like you know George's like last week on Earth. He calls her, and he's like. I know I know I've been putting the, like you should go on a trip with me. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like we should do this. So we know that this is a point of contention between them and so it feels good to have closure on that. It it has the stuff that the kind of the other two don't have. I don't think we needed it as much in the warrior section. But like this is this is the world building and the character building that we needed for Paris with her like liking jazz and also being like yeah. George Put me in the guide. Like, (laughs) it's time. I'm doing a trip. Um, Plus, we get a little moment of that when Atticus tries to boss her around because he wants to use the car like a real pill. Um,
0: (laughs) But he has to go to St. Louis. Is that right? Yeah. I can't remember. He's got to go to
1: St. Louis to eat, like, an unbelievable amount of food at a relative of stranger's house. (laughs) And
2: then take his shirt off.
1: And then take his shirt (laughs) off, weirdly, in her living room, (laughs) which she's super cool about. Because she's um, a hospitable, kind lady.
0: Keeping with my bit. Man, this scene. I'd watch a movie about. I I thought I was signing up to watch a series that was going to be about this when I watched the first episode.
1: Oh yeah, Th- these two like <laughs> yeah. like doing doing life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean I knew there was going to be like horror and stuff. But yeah, this, this 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 I I would watch the series that this is, which is kind of the series we're watching a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I do I do think it's important. This is kind of where it, like, hit me, even though I know that, like, you know, Grace Jones said, like, what are you? Name yourself, like, 600 times. Mm-hmm. But this is the yeah. first time when she said, and and in fact, then, you know, throughout this, the refrain has been, I am Hippolyta. I am, uh, Right? And mm-hmm. um, this is, I am Hippolyta. I am a discoverer. I was like, oh, that's cool. Because this whole time, another one other thing we know about her is that, she got screwed over in naming <laughs> Hera's chariot.
3: Yeah, right.
1: and, and one of her dreams is to name significant things. That's what she wants to do. She wants to name mm-hmm. celestial bodies because they are significant, and now she is a significant thing. Yeah. So that's like way, that's really good. That's thematically so solid.
0: And way back at the beginning, when she first like falls through the like weird alter, when she gets sucked into the portal, right, and she you see her fall out of the sky like a comet mm-hmm. onto the planet. Which is maybe Earth. I don't know. I, even she doesn't know. Um, I, I I thought about Harris Chariot there too. <laughs> she she oh, is. Oh yeah. yeah. She is the com- Is she the com? I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think you need to, like. I don't think this is like a, a very like. Uh, this is not something you need to interrogate, especially deeply. But I thought about that, and so it, that. It yeah. I don't know. It felt good.
1: So this is interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you in particular, Andrew, because I think that you have the most affinity and um, have ex- uh, read and um, enjoyed the most Afrofuturism media sure. of any of us. Is it? Is it so? Like this is sort of like Afrofuturism as showcase for a bunch of other genres, kind of over the course of this, right? Because then after this. She and George go exploring, and they have sort of like a retrofuturist view, um, which looks pretty straight up um, retrofuturism. Well, to
2: be fair, for them, just futurism. True. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for us modern people, we're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's some yeah, yeah. Buck right. Rogers f- fun business, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so I. <laughs> But but I don't think that that has sort of like an Afrofuturism casing. There is some on the Warriors piece. There definitely isn't any for Paris. That's just that's just a period piece. That,
2: that's pastism, if anything. Pastism. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Is that common where you have sort of like a mixing of time periods? Um,
2: uh, well, I, in my experience, and I, I, I confess I'm not like an expert. I've mostly seen it fr- framed like in the future explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why the first one to come to mind was The Ear, the Eye, and the Arm, that children's Aww. book, uh, which I don't actually think I've ever read, which is terrible. Um, well, luckily
1: that's great. we've read it. Yeah, but that yeah, is good just, read, good yeah, read. Yeah, That's good a, read. Like
2: a classic piece of sort of Afrofuturist, like very well-known Afrofuturist literature. Um, yeah. The thing is also like, you know, I think you and I were discussing this earlier too, like Afrofuturism sort of touches on like sort of not just like works of narrative, it's, you know, it's also... Um, sort of philosophical perspective just it, there, there's uh, to a large extent of an aesthetic to it uh, a diverse sort of I mean Janelle Monet, <laughs> having being like a paragon of that aesthetic um there's of course music Janelle Monet. um and of course uh, most notably Sun Ra uh, the okay. jazz musician uh the legendary jazz musician deeply prolific musician. I think he, he put out more records than I don't know if anybody but like an unbelievable amount of records. Um, I can't speak specifically to why he is music like on a technical level. Why he is musically well regarded, but he did innovate in many different. He in the in the space of jazz music. Um, he's he's a genius musician um, and uh, just a all around wild and amazing person. Uh, side note: One of my favorite stories. This is sort of kind of <laughs> pertaining to it. One of my favorite stories about uh, Sun Ra is that he, as part of the narrative he created for this character that he of Sun Ra that he created. Uh, he insisted he was from Saturn. This is a recurring theme in some of his music. Um, He he, uh, pops up in the film Space Is The Place, starring by him. Um, But most importantly, he was, um, the U.S. government, I I can't remember all the details, uh, but the U.S. government hired him for a sort of Goodwill tour within, I believe it was within Africa. Um, But before he went on this tour, he insisted that they update his passport to say that he was in fact from Saturn. And for reasons which have <laughs> tragically eluded me they did so so there was a process they, really they really wanted it they really wanted it they were was, like
1: whatever you need dude
2: there was some reason that they were like okay fine sure whatever I absolutely we'll do this for you so this man had a passport a u.s passport a legally ratified and like act and like valid us passport that said Saturn um
1: I will say this is a piece and it it takes i I, I feel very vulnerable admitting this yeah I like afrofuturism mm-hmm. I am very aware that it is not for me, that it is not written for mm-hmm. me. It is not composed for me. It is not, no matter no matter what it is, it is not made for me because I'm mm-hmm. a white person.
3: Yeah.
1: And there is a piece of it that I think will always, or I will work very hard to understand it, but I will never feel it mm-hmm. the same way that a person who is not white may,
3: Yeah.
1: which is that... It, it it reimagines it takes historical ideas and figures and things and remixes them and reimagines them in ways that are that are very empowering yeah and as a white person that is what history that is what what white people history does for me all the time yeah it takes christopher columbus and makes him awesome
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it takes
1: really problematic really bad people and tells me a bedtime story about how wonderful they were.
3: Sure. And why they
1: did wonderful things. And that is not what Afrofuturism is doing at all. But there is a, a piece of being a white person where we look at our history, or we must, we are compelled to, we should look at our history and say, oh, this is a bunch of malarkey (laughs) like i have to get to the bottom of it (laughs) i have to understand and stare at my ugly white face of my of my ancestors and understand how bad they were so that i can do better yeah and it's not it's not that i don't i dislike or discount afrofuturism because it kind of not it's dabbling in a related field which is taking history and changing it so that it it makes you it empowers people yeah but it is a part of it that is inaccessible to me because I have like beaten that out of myself. Oh, yeah, because
2: like, h- historical, you know, taking sort of notions of history and and place and past and making fiction out of them is a power of what is a tool of white supremacy. Yeah. mean, and not not like not universally, obviously, but is historically like a tool that has been used to to to, 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 to like you know
1: <laughs> a prolific, tour prolific of tool of white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, there's
2: actually that reminds me this sort of apropos of uh, this. There's actually a fantastic video recently released on YouTube by kind uh, of Adam Neely about the sort of inherent uh, white supremacy in music theory in the West which I would highly recommend speaking to that exact point the idea that we sort of ingrained things
1: um, is this the thing about um, the girl from Ipanema
2: no same guy
1: I, I would love to watch it I loved that one that it's I really good it's
2: like a 40 minute video it's really it's it's one of the best videos I've ever seen on yeah. YouTube but um, anyway so no I think to, to, to kind of respond to your comment one of the first things you said really sums it up like it. And I don't mean this in an aggressive way, but it is not for you. You yeah. know, you, you have a history. One thing we have to keep in mind, we talk about the experience of being black or of or, or, or black partially or, or in my case, um, if you are an American and you are of, of black descent, um, you don't have a history. You know what I mean? like
1: we, my my people stole it from you.
2: No, and you know, I you're yeah. cool but I'm not not thrilled about the <laughs> some of the people in the back there. Uh, but no, yeah, there there is no history. Like, you know, you you can say that you're a German, for mm-hmm. example uh german and scottish I mean,
1: don't say that too loud I mean. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah you can point to specific like <laughs> two groups of people who never did anything wrong <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <laughs> right fair. white people and germans were
2: super cool <laughs> but no like you know you you know you are like a white person but you are a white person of ex- specific right. descent yeah. i am a biracial person uh, on my mother's side i'm irish italian and also some hungarian my dad's side, i am black and that is all we know that's it like mm-hmm. that and it's not even a place it's a race it's we we presume western africa just given the historical trends and trajectories of the slave trade but um that, that's it we just we just don't know um the the farthest back my family history goes thanks actually to my 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 mother's uh, quarantine <laughs> genealogy project um she did find an ancestor of my father's uh, allen i believe his last name was jet he was the the last member of my family to be a slave um he fought in the civil war and was uh not drafted but Registered, I guess at Fort Hood. And that is that piece of documentation is how she was able to uncover this. But that is as far back as we can trace it. Um, and pr- prior to that, generations upon generations of slaves. So that's like my great, great, great grandfather, I believe, um, is the last document, is the first documented member of my family, historically speaking. So like, you know, and that, that's, you know, that's crazy to consider. Like I think, and I think legitimately, uh, my mother simply can even trace back as far as like early, early European colonization because those records exist. Um, oh yeah, and, like, know, yeah. Of course, yeah.
1: your mother could return to Italy and probably could track. Down, oh, absolutely. Could track down the little village that her ancestors grew up yeah, in yeah, and like meet people. She's from
2: Piacenza. And That's then, her family the region of Piacenza in the northern right. Italy like, like, we know specifically like the town you can like I could go visit.
1: You could go there and, s- and like look around and see someone that looks like your mom and be like they're related they're probably related.
2: Yeah no it's yeah, yeah, well,
1: and
0: yeah. D- depending on how much you wanted to pay a lawyer you could even pre- you could maybe leverage this into an Italian passport eventually to, yeah, like d- exactly it's yeah ultimate ul- this is an ultimately privileged
2: end. E- indeed well, the- yeah that historical connection creates like I mean, power in a very limited sense, but it gives me benefit. But again, I can't go back to visit where my father's family were because I don't know. I can say right. Africa, which is a gigantic continent, right. um, and that that creates an interest. I mean, that that speaks to like the sort of core pain of 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 being a person of of sort of African descent of, of the African diaspora in America is like you know one of the many many core pains. is like this this deep lack of connection um, and this lack of being able to even explain your history. So, in addition to not being able to point to like a place where I'm from, I don't know the customs and traditions. I don't know what my ancestors did or 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 like looked like. I don't know which of the many, you know, eth- actual distinct ethnic groups in the, in the Western Afri- part of, uh, of Africa, like are they are we of the Fon people? Are we Yoruba? We don't know um, Congolese. I, you know, so that kind of gives that that lack of that lack of clarity opens up a whole vast realm of imagine, imagination and possibility. That's where Afrofuturism comes from, I think. That's what I would argue that's what appeals to me, is that, you know, we we know we have this glorious past. We, we understand that there's this great thing that we were not taught, that, you know, out there, you know, we, we tend to fix it on, like, the kings and the emperors and all that kind of cool shit, because it's, you know, there is more documentation. Um, White people do that, too. No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: that's natural I that's think.
2: natural yeah
0: but uh, like but, you but, know but that's but why for sure even, even the small stuff What it, what 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 is what are my what are my what are my ancestral foods yeah ancestral uh, dress, exactly what exactly. kind of music did, did yeah
2: did my specificity forefathers and has mothers, power how did we dance you know things like yeah, that yeah. Um, and you know now Afrofuturism sort of tries to fill that g- it takes the, the sort of known the thing that we know that we came from a place that was great and rich and culturally diverse and and, and beautiful but it was stolen from us but let's just let's just like Acknowledge that we came from great places, and we're going to go to great places. That's the real power of Afrofuturism. Then it's why it's, again, sorry, not for you guys. It's for people. It's for for me. You know, we to do see not that. have to
1: apologize. Yeah. Almost everything no. else is for us. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: fine.
2: What, but, you know, that's, I, that's, I think this yeah. is, yeah, Side right. this is why white
0: people love Japan, because it's something else <laughs> that's not for them, and it... And it yeah. bugs the shit out of
1: us. Yeah, it yeah. eludes no, I, us and and tantalizes us. I mean, like, no, I enjoy it immensely, but yeah. I am very cognizant when I watch it or listen to it or experience it that it is not for me.
2: And like, even in, like, I think I've you know I've seen. I, I apologize, can't I, just, just stop apologizing. I can't recall any specific critiques I can bring to mind, but I know like there is oftentimes a perception of like you know, the, the Afrofuturism is, does Afrofuturism does not always fit into cr- critical frameworks as defined by by. Uh, let's just call it well, white white main, white european culture like it's not that and
1: otherwise known as academia
2: <laughs> the <laughs> the exactly yeah. um so yeah so i don't know it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting thing um and it's something that i feel um it's just it's it's just it's who it's us being who we are and what we can be you know what i mean so that's that's very important
1: i mean what you're saying is exactly what the song space is the place is about no
2: absolutely Right. I mean that's what Sun Ra's yeah. entire existence is about. So he's he's a he's a legend. I know that like literally this is like if you've not listened to Sun Ra, start with the song Nuclear Nuclear War. It's super accessible and very cool. It's very long, uh, and then just go dig into dig into that uh, dig into it from there. It's great.
1: Well, thank you. That was yeah, very you're helpful. You're yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. I do. Mm-hmm. If I had one quibble about. The, I guess I have kind of two quibbles. It's like a quibble and a half.
0: I've got <laughs> if two I had quibbles. a quibble, I would have another one.
1: I would have another one. <laughs> I'll gladly pay you tomorrow for a quibble I make today. Um, I do wish that we had something between the rage and George. And what I wanted that something to be was um, Hippolyta's intellectual self. Like, I would have liked something where we saw her, um, we saw her discovering as Galileo. As something, you know what I mean, yeah. like being in charge of NASA of the future. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like we have, she op- in some
0: sense being recognized for her brilliance, which, which let's face it, is how she got how she got here. She was the only one to figure out how to work the machine and everything, yeah. right? But also,
1: right? Yeah, but I think the Where first she
0: wins, she's she's winning the no- the future Nobel Prize or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Paris like awakens her spirit and her heart. Um, the warriors awaken her rage. I would have her liked. Gut. I yeah. would have liked to see something that not necessarily awakens because it's always part of her, but acknowledges yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and showcases showcases her intellect. Uh, that was the only I would have taken that. I thought that the weakest part, although it was very romantic um, and sweet, and I love George and I love her and George's relationship. Um, I didn't super enjoy the retrofuturism part, so I would have taken them just like the hatch opening, and you see their hands, and you know,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. like
1: I they, I didn't need them wandering around. Yeah. I got yeah, it. Yeah. I know what's going yeah. on. We've got like she she is her daughter's. She is the person she is in her daughter's comic books. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Cut Did all you... the
1: cruff at the beginning. Make right. this entirely about Hippolyta. Lengthen the warrior section. Stick in an intellectual section. Shorten the the um, retrofuturism section. Agreed.
0: I, I, I thought yes, the, the retrofuturism. I I can't. Maybe you're saving this for what you love, Craft because you always talk about clothes. Mm. But I'm just gonna <laughs> say it now. I love her solar system steel steel ring dress.
1: I do, t- I do too. Um, I do too. Like the, cl- the by far, their outfits are the best part of that
0: segment. But, but so she gets off and she looks great, and then George gets off and he looks great. But I just couldn't help but think about Pluto Nash the entire time. Oh no, <laughs> it's because it's the cape. and ha- like I was just like, oh,
1: why didn't they dress him like like Flash Gordon?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was fine. It was fine, but, um. And then the, my only other quibble there is... I thought that it, I Is it weird that D doesn't show up here? Because I thought they were going to get off the spaceship... And she was going to be there somehow. Oh, and that like, would have been cool. And it sort of is like... It sort of is like... She works on herself. She... I I, I don't know. I, works on herself is not right. How about like... She, she discovers comes into herself. into a greater understanding. She awakens the potential of herself. She... Not even make makes amends. Like... Compels her husband to, to to recognize his shortfalls or shortcomings, and they move forward together, and they move into the future. And what is the future? The future is the future is the future, which is kids, and you, you, you know, like kind of a thing where it's like mom and dad. You know, we we now have we have we have become better versions of ourselves, and now we can be. The version of us that our child sees our child looks at us and she sees mom and dad saving the world as superheroes we see her we see the future we see hope for building the afrofuturism future the, the the future where maybe things don't suck quite as bad as they do right you know that sort of thing
1: that makes sense to me i that that's my half quibble i guess um I, I don't mind necessarily that D is totally absent because I think D is still the thing that connects her to I mean like I think we're meant to believe based on the fact that the cops are just showing up at the end when Atticus gets like spat out that mm-hmm. all of this has happened in Earth time, within minutes.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. In like. Yeah. yeah. Sure.
1: But but like but like to Hippolyta, this is lifetimes. One assumes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. She. Has she's lived, in
1: Groundhog yeah. Day time. You know.
0: <laughs> she has lived many lifetimes. I, I I would even be open to the fact probably we, there's stuff we don't see. Yeah. She has. She's she d- done it all
1: yeah and George talks about like you've had so many adventures that implies that there was more
0: you're um, like yeah you maybe she had two adventures George
1: yeah, not I mean George, George they were great adventures, but they you, you can count them they are two um yeah. right less so, than
0: a hand of adventures George
1: yeah um <laughs> hand of adventures um so I understand that d like at the very end, so i I wasn't sure what she was gonna choose at the end, when she's talking to Grace Jones, and Grace Jones mm-hmm. is like, join our super cool enlightened people society. You don't need, you don't need those little, those little um, uh, things on your wrists anymore. You're ready to go. You're there, cool. girl. And she's like, I would love that. But, and I can't really see myself returning to Earth because I'm so, I'm so different now. I'm so much larger now, and I was so small there. But my daughter, I have to go back. I like I I have to be there for D. And then we don't really I mean we certainly don't see her spit out of the other end of that portal. I don't think that's the only way she can go back. Perhaps Grace Jones is going to like kindly place her like where
0: she wants to go, you know? Ar- arrive like a comet. Right. Like on Hero's chariot. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. But I was like, I thought that there was some ambiguity at the end, and then I read some reviews and basically everyone was like, and in, and in the end, she returns home. And I was like, oh, okay. Well.
0: Really? I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was. How ambiguous. did you guys I, feel about that?
2: I, I don't, I didn't think she'd returned home. I, I don't know. I feel like she, you would have, if she, or like, I feel like, here's my thoughts. Here, my since you asked, here are my thoughts. I would love to hear your um, thoughts.
1: That's the whole point of this show.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, here we go. Um. I would say that um, it seems kind of like she did not go home directly, but she stayed there, or she's now in a position where she has greater power and will show up in the future. Like, she's not... Like she didn't go home right afterwards. But she's going to come back later. I guess this is my my read on it. Add, add she's realm, like it. one
1: more lifetime of adventures.
2: Yeah, I mean, like she, uh, you know, if I, I show
1: up, if I, she's like, I've been gone like what, a couple of hours. Yeah. If I show up now or in a week, mm.
2: and I kind of hope she like takes D with her when she, when she comes back. Right? That's, I was that's wondering the... about that
1: too. Is she going to go back and she's going to bring D with her?
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Definitely, we're coming up on a D-centric episode, and we didn't see Hebelita yeah. in the trailer. So maybe she's stuck, but that doesn't seem likely either. Because I think a Grace Jones can do whatever the heck she wants.
2: Yeah, yeah I,
0: I yeah I kind of I didn't I wanted a little bit more more. Is it moral clarity or moral ambiguity? I kind of wanted to know if this was supposed to be good or kind of sinister. Like, is yeah is she transcending and becoming a transcendent? Like, I mean I, the. You know, Afrofuturist via like Jack Kirby esque space god. You know, like is is that what's happening, uh, hmm. or is this like a Lotus Eater kind of? You know, is this one of these things? Like, no, no, no. Please stay in our st- stay and play in our Hollow Deck. You can do anything. You can be anything. Why would you? Why would you go back to the to the people who maybe you think the small people on that? that yeah. You know that rock ball that you think you. Have. And some of that is um, some of that is I think I um. Discovered um, uh, that, or not, not not discovered. Afrofuturism is not is not is not for me, and I have the, the same thing. This that reflexive where you're like, what's the catch? Anything that is empowering and glorifying, that that sets off alarm bells for me. How is this? How is this <laughs> actually secretly bad? <laughs> what's the what's the horrible thing that you, you know that because yeah. because as a white person that as a white person who think who. Try tries to at least acknowledge the ills of the past. That's that's always going on in the back of my mind. So I want to. So I immediately am like, this this feels evil. But also, this is Lovecraft too. So like the idea that there are you know space god angels out there, man, we need to get them involved. Let them fix this stuff. Like 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 this racist cop with the with the torso transplant. Like (laughs) sort him out in a minute. You know what I mean? Like yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and also that kind of made me think. I was like, "What kind of feminism are we doing?" Because there definitely are trends and different feelings about motherhood and what, how a mother is responsible to her child, um, in feminism. But the idea of a mother being like, "I'm Audi 500 on my kid," is Mm -hmm. has never been mainstream feminism. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest I can think of is, like, Charlotte Perkins Gilman, the p- woman who wrote, uh, The Yellow Wallpaper, sure. who fully was like, you know what, I don't really want to be a mother, and my husband is now married to another woman, and they have a nice household full of children, I'm sending my one child to go live with them. I've rehomed mm-hmm. her, and now I'm going to have my life. And even that, like, kind of rattles around in the, um within feminism because you're like i mean but like don't you want to be there for your daughter like don't you want to don't you want to grab her and take you along with like show her a different way to be versus casting her off to you know the the patriarchy and somebody else's household like what are you doing um so similarly, I think, I mean, like, it's it's of course ridiculous to be like, well, what was going on in feminism at the time of this? I mean, it's not ridiculous, but I don't think it's fair yeah, to yeah. It's, this it, it, story.
0: It, it, yeah, it's a modern piece. It is written for right. modern people or created for modern people.
1: I will be surprised if we never see Hippolyta again, I will be equally disappointed and surprised if we never saw Gia again. Like, mm-hmm. it would be a similar betrayal, I think, of interesting women making making a way for themselves in the world like they have to come back because otherwise what am i to learn from that as a viewer you know like i i believe me if i could opt out and go have exciting adventures in space right now i would (laughs) the world is pretty (laughs) scary right now yeah that doesn't really help me you know so she's Mm got to come back and 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 if not the whole situation with like george is very weird because I think that is like the ultimate sign that she she would like to assimilate new Hippolyta to old Hippolyta's life and find some sort of peace between them and prove yeah. that she can be big living in her own world.
2: Yeah, that she wouldn't, I mean... This Otherwise,
1: what's the point?
2: Why, why even ask? Yeah. yeah. You know?
1: So I think she has to come home. I just thought it was interesting that I was like, ooh, there's a lot of ambiguity there. And everyone else is like, zero ambiguity. We all know everything turns out great. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: well, all right.
0: And, and on some level, um, it, it, if the next one is supposed to be bad stuff happening to D, I mean, probably her mom's not there, right? right? You would
1: you would think so. I mean, like, Dee seems to be, like, experiencing a true crisis moment and I think is battling the devil in the next episode. If I had to guess, <laughs> that's what's happening.
0: You have some evil twin action, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if the twin itself herself is a is a devil, but like you've got those you've got those red devilly fingers re- like creeping around doors. You, you we we opened with uh, D messing around with Ouija boards. I think it's going to be a cultist. I think it's going to be the devil.
0: Yeah, maybe or like Slender Man.
1: Ugh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be really funny if they're doing all these like incredibly like well thought of classic themes, and then they're like, "Yeah, uh, creepy pasta is the genre."
0: <laughs> so yeah, let's introduce a new segment. Montrose, watch—is he sympathetic yet? Do we do we feel do we feel good about him and his choices?
2: No. No. <laughs> Not, I, I almost did. I feel good about Sammy. I Sammy love Sammy. Oh, Sam, Sammy rules. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is—are we gonna see like a good side of, of Montrose?" No. I absolutely i not. had
1: i watched it my second watch was with andrew and during that scene he like looked over at me and he was like oh and i was like just wait yeah.
2: Yeah. just wait
1: it's yeah. mantras yeah. is about to ruin it here's all i have to say to Montrose: you may be able to complain about grits that you get at a restaurant but if you wake up and someone has made you grits you smile and you say thank you
0: yeah yeah yeah, well, you especially if do. you're a man whose cabinets only have whiskey in them. <laughs>
1: like, Jesus, you weren't yeah. going to eat
0: breakfast anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that. So I do think like that uh, Montrose is like, I don't eat pork. And now we're just like, so we're like, oh, you don't. Oh, OK, yes, of course you don't eat. Yes, yes. Your dietary restrictions. Very, very important. Meanwhile, Sammy's like, what the d-? basically Sammy's reaction is what the dick is beef sausage. <laughs> like, that's not a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a breakfast it's been... meat. It's pork. Like, yeah. hello. Welcome yes. welcome yeah. to breakfast. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 I don't know. I Again, this is something I I would watch. I would watch a show that's about be about about the gay experience or be being a queer person in Chicago in the 50s. I think that would be fascinating.
1: Yeah, Sammy's um, Bronzeville. I would watch yeah. the hell out of that. No,
0: you, you know what I mean? And you could you could you tie in all these things cuz this is something with that we don't the mainstream America does not know or, know we're or talking yeah. about at all. Yeah, it's sort of like gay people didn't exist until Stonewall, and then they were here. They were queer. I mean, there were there were gay people in the twenties too, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they just they just they all went inside and slept for thirty years, and then 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 they all came out, and then you know, uh, we all know what happened. So uh, I think that would be fascinating. Um, I just think that Montrose, God. Why? Why did we even save this guy from from that? Dun- or I'm sorry. Why did we go and see him dig himself out of that? Dungeon? Why did
1: we bear witness to him saving himself because he didn't need our help? Apparently, right. right.
0: And I, I know, I, I and I know it's supposed. To, you know, it's supposed to feel bad that that Tick calls his father a slur and rejects him, and it, and it does.
1: Yeah. It, well, um, he does not come off smelling like a rose in this either.
0: No. Like, like I, you know, I. You feel bad for him. But Montrose also is kind of sabotaging himself. It seems to be sabotaging himself constantly. I also think that we're supposed to think that this idea of um, Tick thinks that Montrose was beating him because Tick was, was weak and that it was for his own good. But really, Montrose was just beating him because of, like, internalized self-hatred and shame. Which, <laughs> I know it's supposed to be profound, but I mean... On some level, of course, that's how cycles of abuse work. Yeah. That's not... Yeah. Nobody's... A, well, a grown-up is usually not hurting a child because they think it'll help them. You know, well, it's not...
1: That, right. That's, and, and also, we already know that Montrose's dad beat him up, too. So it's almost like at that point in the cycle, Montrose is beating up Atticus because that's the only way he knows how to be a dad.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't I just, really but...
1: buy that he's like, I hate being gay so much. I need to, I need to hit my cute little kid. Like, that's not.
0: I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Know. It, yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's just. I don't know. It. Yeah.
1: I can accept that if you if you were a black queer man at this time period, like massively marginalized. Yeah. I Like that is not a question in my yeah, mind. I, mean, sure. I can imagine yes. you. I can imagine you drinking. I the the connection I, that Atticus makes between his dad being gay as the reason his dad beat him.
2: It, it's, it seems a bit
1: seems not right to me. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> yeah, right. doesn't feel doesn't feel right.
2: Those don't add up to. No, you know. I yeah, think Montrose
1: and, beats Atticus because he was beaten because Atticus or because Montrose was beaten as a child. Yeah, maybe he was beaten as a child because he was too soft, quote unquote.
0: <laughs> well, it, I mean, or just even or even if. Yeah, it's because it's because he was a victim of abuse and their cycles. Of, you know what I mean? That's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And I don't know. I, I, because Tick is the hero, you're waiting for him to sort of reach out the hand to to forgive his father. Fo- you know, like, or he says, "Did mom know?" And Mantra says, "Yes." Then you know it. Tick, you got. You need. You need to get over yourself. Like <laughs> you know, you need to
1: or you need to be or, like you or, know or what dad not. i'm not going to forgive or, you like yeah, or cut you're him out. out of your
0: life yeah you're that's out. okay too yeah yes yes, yes.
1: i actually did but, not get that that was why he cuz that's the moment he sort of like breaks and cries is that yeah is that around his mom knew i was like wouldn't that make you feel a little bit better about it
0: right yeah. again again yeah. It, it yeah it, and they're 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 writing this in like the most obvious and maybe laziest way right you know wouldn't it be interesting if Tychnos is has known as Dad's gay forever, and that that's you know yeah. part of his He it, nothing has to change for that, really. Um But surely there were, you know, gay men who father children and their family's kind of new. Maybe their family's absolutely new. You know, that's 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 something we never talk about. Never, you know? And uh we could shed some light on something that that was a phenomenon that we don't talk But instead we get a we get a we, we we get a story, a kind of almost like a very old fashioned feeling kind of story, really. Even even up to yeah. the you know, even up to the like might not be his kid, you know why. You know, like come on. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, I
1: would
0: it agree feels, with that. I mean, it, 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 this I didn't think that the sexual politics would be part of the period piece, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh right right yes, yeah. I mean it's just it's just tip to tail to it's tip to tail disappointing. Yeah. Right. These two men continue to disappoint me, and every time I think that they're making strides, it's they they I feel like they return exactly where they were before. Atticus started ahead of Montrose for sure, and but now I've I say that they're about equal to me.
0: And, and again, what a waste of Michael Kenneth Williams, who is a great actor, who is gamed, who who has portray- who is who portrays all kinds of uh, a full spectrum of black male sexuality in his roles. <laughs> And uh he gets to just be a bitter old child beating alcoholic because he hates himself and he hates everything else
1: <laughs> old so and so, yep, I feel like they've driven it to the point where even if he gets a big redemption arc i'm 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 bitter towards it, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. do you think his redemption is the only redemption out for him now gonna be one of those like I took a bullet for you boy yeah i I, was fe- I fell on the sword you?
1: probably yeah, you know,
0: i. I'm sorry for all the bad stuff, like like a, a Severus Snape redemption. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah.
1: Sammy's like, "I'm going to be your dad," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yes, correct. Yes, I want to see this happen. Yes." Um, I'm your father now. <laughs> I am your dad. Um, <laughs> you divorce oh, <laughs> you divorce spouses, not stepkids. That's all I'm saying. That's right. If yeah, clueless yeah, has taught exactly. me anything, it's that.
0: Uh, and then you marry your stepbrother.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: all right, should we go around the horn? What do we love craft?
2: Yeah. Andrew, first, as, our, Andrew. as our
1: guest, would you like to go first?
2: I love Craft that they dedicated an episode to a subgenre that is explicitly about the black experience, which I think like seems like it would have been kind of a kind of a go-to, but you know there's not just not a ton of options, and I appreciate that they they did take the time to to do this. I also love craft um, space Space Jones, I'll call it her. Space, space Grace Jones, uh, amazing everything. Her whole look is great.
1: It's very hard to combine the word garnet and grace. I tried yeah. very hard to do that, but it's 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 near impossible. I
2: respect that.
0: Grace Arnett.
1: Grace Arnett. <laughs> that double R is very tough. <laughs> An garnet, R separated by one little A. Garnet Jones. Yeah. Too much. too much. Thomas, what do you love, Craft?
0: Um, I love crafted. I I, again, I love crafted. George Freeman, King of Men. I liked. I, I that that scene felt very real to me. Um, uh, and um the the trivial thing I liked, trying to beat you to the punch. I love the space dress.
1: Yeah, space dress was great. Um, I also loved uh the scene with George. I liked that. So I think the feminine mystique and it deserves every bit of criticism it gets for this. Is that it's like well. It's about a bunch of East Coast elite women with too much education and too much time on their hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, it's about about a bunch of women who graduated from Smith who are like, I don't get to use my degree. And Mm -hmm. when you read it now, you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, like, go go get a job. But (laughs) obviously at the time it was more complicated than that. But The Feminist Mystique, The Feminist Mystique um, does deserve critique because it is very white and it is very privileged and it's very... It's very that, right? Mm -hmm. And I liked that this, that Misha Green, I assume, took the pieces of it that are universal, which are, women are made to feel small. Women are limited. Women have limited choices. Women can be with partners that are wonderful people, but don't realize that their expectations of them limit them as well. Just don't know. And that you need to stand up for yourself and you need to have conversations about it and that that in and of itself is a form of intimacy. Like, that was really great. I felt like it democratized the feminine mystique in a way that was very generous but also, like, needed and moving for a wider subsection of women. That was very cool.
0: Awesome. And now and now, the bad, the bad part. Andrew, what did you hate craft?
2: I... I hate crafted the pacing, which is a very specific thing, but I feel like no, no, no. This, this is something that, like...
1: We hate craft the pacing often. Uh,
2: yeah, no, and I just... Um, I know, I edit, I edit the show, so yeah. I, <laughs>
1: um,
2: <laughs> I Um aware. We are the puppets who dance on his strings. That's right. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, last episode was such a particularly well-paced story that broke from the established narrative, uh, and... I, I kind of was like, oh, I guess we're gonna kind of get into a good cadence here, and they just tried to cram so much in. And I also feel like in cramming so much in, they they cram, they did so in a way that like that assumed that certain images and ideas would carry cachet enough that we didn't need to develop the character of Hippolyta enough to uh, further than we should have. Because I think this was her episode, and I still wish to know more about her. And I feel like I mean, obviously, there's more to know, but I wish I wish I come out of this with more knowledge of her as a person and as a character. So, bit of a shortcoming, I thought. Overall, I did like the episode, but that was, like, you know, not the best.
1: Mm-hmm. Thomas, what did you hate craft?
0: Um, so, I, I always hate craft mantras. Um Let's just assume <laughs> that's a standing thing until 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 I, I will let you know when it changes. Um, I, I hate craft that it usurped my force field theory, because you'll recall there was a force field <laughs> in this episode when she gets pushed down. But the episode did not, in fact, suck, and in fact, was kind of good so <laughs> i don't like that one my reverse uh star trek movie theory is wrong and also that my force field theory is i'm
1: wrong. not sure that it's totally wrong i feel like the force field was from grace jones and not from a braith white so
0: oh yeah. right, maybe i just need to narrow the way yeah white it, also, force just so I, it also
1: didn't it must be said did not look like shit yeah <laughs> true and all Although, of the other force fields. Grief, how have. bad?
0: How how bad does that fire in that sequence that we have to keep watching? Oh and, my and god! House, yeah. How bad does that look?
1: Couldn't they have spent a little bit more money on that? I know. And actually, it it for me that sequence should be very moving and um, heartbreaking. I mean, like that that sequence should have like deep pathos, right? Oh yeah. And the yeah. fire totally ruins it for me. And but, I don't and, even think you need the fire. I think yeah, you could have just had smoke.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be smoke. The house can be just kind of collapsing. It can be kind of stylized, where like you know, yeah, yeah. yeah it looks, it looks like. <laughs> like I mean, garbage. like, how
1: can you look at a pregnant woman escaping her rapists, holding like the one thing that's important?
0: <laughs> and oh be god, li- the Book of Names. We figured it out. <laughs>
1: and be like, and be like, oh, this fi- like the fire ruins it. It's so, it's such yeah. a shame. It's such a shame.
0: Yeah, but the 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 other thing, this is this is a little bit. Um, I feel like I always just have, like, the glass half-empties of where everything is going. Watching the next—the trailer for the—kind the, of the, the preview or whatever for the next episode. I I hate craft that I'm afraid we're going to turn out that all of the cops who are racist and bad are racist, magical cops. Oh. And I hate yeah. craft that like because— demon <laughs> army yeah or, or yeah or just or just where it's kind of like you know, oh yeah, you know Captain Seamus or oh, whatever his name is 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 in charge of all these cops he's got fingers everywhere, they're all bad racist magic it's the magical Nazi thing like no, no, they can just be like, there could be like racist cops, and they could be monstrous and they don't have to be magical like don't don't let don't let don't 1950s do don't let the don't let us off the hook like that, yeah
1: yeah, I would agree with that.
0: You know what I mean? I think I, I almost think it'd be more interesting if, like, the magic and the cop racism are parallel but not intersecting.
1: Yep. Um, I have a a nitpicky, and I feel bad about it. Hate craft.
0: <laughs> hit it, hit it.
1: I hate the way this show does retrofuturism. Oof, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, and
1: it's such a sh- it's such a shameful, sad thing to admit because it is <coughs> one of my very favorite aesthetics in the world. Um, maybe one could argue it's near impossible to do well with real people like maybe it really is needs to be drawn illustrated mm-hmm. but I don't think so Um, I feel like the main color scheme of retrofuturism tends to be primaries reds yellows blues mm-hmm. and they just insist and they did this as well in the beginning segment where you see like tick in korea which is also like has like you know
0: which which um, flying saucers
1: which does not make sense now that we're in light of
0: him being a war criminal in korea like Mm -hmm. screw you man you get to like escape to fantasies when you like shot at least one innocent korean woman in the head and then were present for the violent extraction of another one's teeth like True. oh and you and you get to imagine that you're just like fighting tripods and Jackie Robinson is there like screw you man <laughs> totally
1: but they insist on in addition to that they insist on lighting everything in this purple light i think to make it look spacey yeah
0: yeah totally and
1: it's wrong it's just it's just not it's just not right i i spent a lot of time looking at pictures of like various like retro futuristic illustrations and, and even pictures of real people like that blue light, that purple light is just not right. It's not right. Yeah. And it makes it look bad. And I am—I just am so sure that if you slapped a blue or a red filter on that light instead, it would look 100% better. Or yellow. Yeah. It needs to be primary. Yeah. You can also tell that they kind of know this because I, I also went back and looked at all of uh, Dee's comic books, and they're all primaries. Yeah. So they know this. Like it just—it bugs me so much.
0: Maybe maybe they're maybe they're that shade of purple didn't exist in crayon form back in 1953 or whatever, <laughs> whatever year. It
1: is. Yeah, right, right. In in the 50s, they only had primary colored crayons.
0: Yeah. <sighs> the big 64 set didn't exist yet. <laughs> no burnt sienna then.
1: <laughs> um. All right. That's all I got.
0: Yeah. Well, great. Well. Andrew, thank you for joining us. For, thank you so uh, much for having me. Yeah, yeah, you can come back anytime. Pleasure
1: well, and the delight. Thank you.
0: Yeah, um, is there anything you would like to like to plug?
2: Um, I mean, literally every show that we <laughs> produce. Because I, 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 have my fingers and and all of them. That's a terrible phrase. I, uh, I think they're all great. You're the podmaster master not... behind all of them? <laughs> yeah. ah, he is Mr. Outrageous Mechanisms. At all. So yeah, no, literally, but seriously check out all of our shows. We've got... Um, Mr.
1: Mechanisms.
2: Ooh, We've got this show. We've got Categorical Oracle. We've got Space Bras. Um, we've got uh, old school Crip Creepers when it comes back, uh, you know. In so, three episodes. In three episodes, so you know. In four to five weeks. Keep an eye out for that um we and uh, we don't we don't really know when we have some more shows popping up soon that i'm very excited about um keep your eyes on, keep the, skies. Your eyes on the skies your ears to the gears that's not a that makes <laughs> a zero that sense sounded, but that sounded really good no, your <laughs> ears to good. the
1: gears your nose to the hose
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: wait, hold
1: on. ideally rubber in varietal
0: <laughs> wait are we killing ourselves with a motorcycle here what's going on <laughs> So, join us next week for episode eight, where, I am given to understand, bad stuff will happen to some kids. We all float down here. It's the (laughs) devil. It's
3: the
1: devil. Thank you for listening to the Lovecraft Singles. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your quality podcasts. We are there. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. Um, And you can always find us on our website for all those shows that andrew mentioned outrageousmechanisms.com and in our case uh slash crypt dash creepers all right till next time bye
3: bye Outrageous.